Hello, and welcome back to 15 Minutes of Fascism, a sadly topical podcast covering the global rise of the radical right. I'm Dr. Craig Johnson, bringing to you this Tuesday a continuation of our Faces of Fascism miniseries. This week, I am talking about a guy named Javier Milei. He is the leader of the far-right-slash-ultra-libertarian party in Argentina, La Libertad Avanza, or Liberty Advances. I actually thought about doing an episode on him previously, but then I thought to myself, like, well, you know, Craig, he's kind of like a bit player. He's not a particularly important guy. He's more just like a weird curiosity specifically for you. You know, he's a far right candidate in Argentina and you study the far right and also focused on Argentina in graduate school. However, recent events have proven that Millet is a much more important person than just like a particular curiosity honeypot for me, Craig Johnson. So I'm going to get into that in this episode. Millet was born in 1970 in Palermo, then a well-off slash middle-class neighborhood of the city of Buenos Aires. It's now a sort of hip happening, going out zone. As he was a child, his family moved farther and farther out into the suburbs of Buenos Aires. His father was a bus driver who later ran some business lines as an executive. His mother worked at home. Millet claims that he and his siblings were beaten as children, and as a result, he became estranged from his parents when he was a teenager, up until very recently. He only reconciled with them partially in 2021. In his teenage years, Millet played some professional football, aka soccer. He was the cheaper for the Chacarita Juniors in the second division of Argentine football, so that's the one directly below the top professional league, in Argentina. Millet was also the lead singer in a Rolling Stones cover band, which was not as particular of an interest as it might sound. When Millet was a young man, so in the late 80s and into the 90s, the Rolling Stones were big culturally in Argentina. There were a lot of people who played in Rolling Stones cover bands and a lot of big Rolling Stones bands in the country. However, Millet left these pursuits in his 20s to become an economist. He attended a private university, which is a less prestigious type of university in Argentina, and then went on to be an economist for a financial company and also a consultant. He became a professor of economics at various universities in Argentina, including the Universidad de Buenos Aires, one of the best public universities in the country, and also one of the business colleges in Buenos Aires. His economic views, and these are the things that he brought forth as an economist, as a professor, were a mixture of Austrian economics and monetarism. The Austrian economists that Millet likes are people like Friedrich Hayek, not Selma Hayek, Friedrich Hayek, and Ludwig von Mises. These two and a whole school of other German and Austrian economists in the mid-20th century and early 20th century promoted a neoliberal version of the economy. The, The word neoliberal hadn't come into existence yet. The Austrian economics school predates that. Eventually, the United States' Milton Friedman would be the sort of, like, result of this Austrian school, and neoliberalism is the current form of this idea of the economy. It believes that the government should be radically reduced, that the government should fund as few things as possible, that basically the government's only function is to provide security for the people who are in the country, and also to be a guarantor that contracts are held, you know, that contracts are recognized and upheld. So this is a very minimalist view of how the economy should work. That's what Millet believes in. 
Millet is also a monetarist, however, which means that he believes that the purpose of government in the economy, that basically its big role, is to control the amount of money that is in circulation. This is a big idea in economics right now. This is one of the things that, you know, a lot of economists, both on the left and the right, are talking about. You know, the control of the, the levers of how much money is in the economy as being like a major way that governments can influence economies. Millet was a very successful economist, right? He basically made it, you know? He went from being a soccer player in a relatively small and uninfluential club to being a very well-respected economist who actually, you know, advised governments in Argentina, who worked with big economic factors, big economic powers in the country. He had made it. Personally, Millet was an eccentric. He had no stable romantic partners in his entire life, apparently, up until the present. He, however, uh, boasts of his quote-unquote tantric sex capabilities. He says that he is a practitioner of tantric sex and that he has taught people to practice this. He advocates free love, which in the way that he describes it mostly means that he believes that women should want to sleep with him. He has no children, but does have five enormous dogs, all of which he has named after famous Austrian and neoliberal economists. This life, however, was not enough for Javier Millet. In the mid-2010s, he moved into being a political commentator and doing a lot more media appearances. He became a regular columnist in the conservative newspaper of Argentina, which is called La Nación. He also appeared on television and on radio quite often as a debater, he is known as being a cruel and mean person to debate. He uses insults, he swears all the time, he uses racial and gender slurs. He is, in short, a politically incorrect appearance, right? That is what his brand is. And the other component of his brand in this way is something that is a whole lot like Boris Johnson. He has extremely intentionally unkempt looking hair. It's sort of like a crazy mane of salt and pepper hair. That, that, that's what he's got. And it's part of his like crazed schoolboy appearance, right? He, he has this sort of like childish energy about him that he is just ready to pounce on you and insult and, you know, say something mean and cruel in a debate on television. That's what Millet is like. But this too wasn't enough for Millet. He got a lot of play nationally, both on the radio and on television. He had many viral videos, that sort of thing. And he decided that he would use this in order to launch a political career. In 2020, he really got involved in politics when he opposed the election of the government, the current government of Argentina, which is led by President Alberto Fernandez as part of the Peronist coalition. Millet criticized this government heavily. He was part of street protests upon its election, because, of course, he supported the neoliberal previous government. And then he ran for office. He successfully ran for membership in the governing body of the city of Buenos Aires, which is an autonomous city. If you're from the United States, that means it functions a whole lot more like a state does than, a, than like a city in the United States. Basically, imagine if D.C. statehood did actually come to pass, how D.C.'s government would work, right? You know, they would have their own little legislature, right? And Millet was a part of that legislature. He then used this success to launch a federal political career when he was elected in 2021 to the Chamber of Deputies, which is the lower house in Argentina. 
in the United States, this is the House of Representatives. In the United Kingdom, this is the House of Commons, right? So the, the lower house in Argentina. He represents the Libertarian Party, which is a part of a far-right slash libertarian coalition, which, like I said at the top of this episode, is called La Libertad Avanza. Now, so far, so boring, right? This is a interesting, weird, far-right slash libertarian politician who got into the lowest level of the federal government of Argentina, one of the 20th biggest economies in the world, but not a major huge country, right? So things have gotten a little bit weirder since then. In 2023, Millet said that he was going to run for president, right? He was going to run for the presidency of Argentina. And this is where things get very interesting. Argentina has mandatory universal primaries, which means that ahead of an election, the election in Argentina is coming up, it's on October 22nd, 2023. So just a week ago, Argentina had these mandatory primary elections. And how they work is that each political party says like, hey, here are the options for the candidates to be in our, in our party. And so the number of people who vote in each party's primary is a sort of like good benchmark for how the election itself is actually going to go. Millet was polled at 20%, which is pretty good for a third party candidate, not just in Argentina, but throughout the world. But he didn't get 20%. He got 30% of the vote. He was the leading vote getter ahead of the currently ruling Peronist coalition and also ahead of the center-right coalition that he himself had praised and worked with when they were the previous governing party in Argentina. This means that, technically, Javier Millet, this extremely eccentric man, is the front-runner to be the president of Argentina. Now, that's in no way guaranteed. Argentina, like many countries, has a two-tier voting system, right? There is first an election on October 22nd, and then there will be a runoff vote between the two top vote-getters in that. So the only way that Millet could be directly elected president in October is if he wins 45% of the vote, which is extremely unlikely. However, this does mean that his politics are extremely popular in Argentina, which again is a very big and very populous country. So let's look into exactly what Javier Millet believes, and it's a little bit complicated. Now, as I said at the top of this episode, Millet is a libertarian, but he's not like, you know, a like really ideologically consistent libertarian. He's more of the sneering like, well, you don't understand how the economy actually works kind of person. He is a minarchist and an anarcho-capitalist. This means that he believes that government is at its best when it is as small as it possibly can be, and that ideally there would be no government at all, and that instead contracts would just be followed by people, right? Specifically, Millet calls for radical economic reform in Argentina, whose economy has long not fit into common economic models, largely due to its massive inflation combined with its relatively functional developed economy. Millet calls for eventually dismantling the central bank of Argentina, which he says is the worst central bank in the entire world, he calls for dollarization, which means that he thinks that the peso, the, the, the currency of Argentina, should be directly related to the value of the United States dollar. He has also at times talked about going back to the gold standard and believing that what he calls fiat currency, which is like a sort of particularly libertarian way of thinking about economies and money, thinking that fiat currency is like fake money, right? That's, that's what he says. 
He is in general opposed to government spending on anything that is not the military and enforcing contract law. He wants massive cuts to social spending and social services in Argentina, which are pretty robust. He wants the privatization of all state-owned companies, which includes Argentina's actually extremely lucrative oil and gas companies. He wants the privatization of all state services, like education and healthcare, which again in Argentina are quite robust, especially for Latin America. He wants a, an end to the power of labor in Argentina. Labor has long been connected to the extremely powerful Peronist party in Argentina, which changes its name every couple of years. But, you know, the Peronist coalition has been around for quite some time. Millet supports the deal that the International Monetary Fund got with the previous government of Argentina, the neoliberal government, which the current government is trying to avoid following and avoid paying for. He wants to lower spending in order to receive more loans from international groups. Now, that's the libertarian side of Millet's politics, and it's fairly normal. However, he combines this with a staunch anti-communism and a staunch anti-socialism, which connects him directly with the extreme right wing, like Trump, like Jair Bolsonaro, like José Antonio Cast, who is a failed presidential candidate in Chile, and also with the Vox Party in Spain, whose politics are relatively similar to his, although they are less libertarian as such. Millet is opposed to abortion. However, not because he is Catholic, although he is a believing Catholic. He is opposed to abortion because he thinks that it's murder and that murder is wrong, right? He thinks that murder is wrong in a, in a secular way. You know, he thinks that it's denying the, the right to live of a person. Millet is a vaccine skeptic and a climate change denier. He believes in criticizing what he calls, you know, rampant political correctness. So in all of these ways, Millet's politics are fairly consistent with Trump's, for example. However, Millet is also pro-drug decriminalization. He thinks that people should be allowed to do whatever drugs they want to do. He thinks that there's no problem with that. He is on, he is on the record and publicly says that he does not care about people seeking transitions in their sex or gender. He doesn't care about that. He just thinks that the state shouldn't fund it, but not because the state shouldn't fund stuff like that, because the state shouldn't fund healthcare in general, right? He just thinks the state should be uninvolved in all of this kind of stuff. He is totally fine with homosexual marriage, again, not because he thinks that being queer is a human right or something, but just because he thinks that marriage is a contract entered into by two private persons and that therefore the state shouldn't have any involvement with it whatsoever. Now, these are pretty standard libertarian policies, but combined with Millet's other positions, it puts him at odds with some of his other political allies. This is why Millet is such a confusing and fascinating figure. Maybe one of the most consistently libertarian leading political figures in the world today now. But because of his connections with the extreme right, due to his anti-communism and anti-socialism, these are put into tension, right? He is working with a lot of other political groups that are specifically aligned with, like, earnestly religious politics, like Bolsonaro's connections with the extremely right-wing Protestant movements in Brazil, like Donald Trump's sort of, like, almost godlike position in his own personality cult. And this makes Millet a very interesting guy, someone that we're going to have to keep an eye on, even if he does lose this upcoming election in Argentina. All right, that was 15 Minutes of Fascism, a sadly topical podcast covering the global rise of the radical right. 
I'm Dr. Craig Johnson, thanking Sleepy Kitty Arts and Sleepy Kitty Music for our intro, outro, and graphics. If you enjoyed the podcast, please like, share, and subscribe. Please leave a review on whatever it is you're listening to this on. Check out my Patreon at patreon.com slash 15 minutes of fascism. That's 15 minutes of fascism spelled out in all one word. You can also reach me on Gmail at 15 minutes of fascism at gmail.com. I'm on Twitter at hist of the right. That's H-I-S-T of the right. And I'm on blue sky at 15. That's one five M-I-N-S-O-F-F-A-S-C. All right. Thanks very much. And I will talk to you on Thursday. <laughs>